This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Uh, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Command Center in the Piney Woods in North Central Florida. Professor Ward Scott. And uh, we have a little rain going on here. Uh, a little bit of storm. Perhaps we will stay on power. And if we do lose power, we'll reboot and we'll be right back. Uh, we were expecting to have a conversation with Jeffrey Melvin this morning. We're waiting for him to check on. Uh, I don't know whether there's a snafu or what, but at any rate, we will proceed. The um, I'm going to uh, give you a, a little bit of um, an update uh, on some of the things that are going on this show. Uh, this uh, in terms of our election uh, uh, procedures here and uh, get into that in a moment. I don't want to start that until I know whether or not we'll be booking on with um, uh, Jeffrey Mellon or not. So uh, I do want to let you know that the, uh, uh, the first arrest has been made and I will be talking about that in a little bit. It's uh, quite interesting what we're dealing with and that would be hopefully um, an interesting subject for you as soon as I get, can get into it, as soon as I'm sure whether we're on mark here or not. The, uh, the world of, of um, Ukraine, of course, is plowing on. There's a very interesting discussion going on about this uh, uh, in quite a number of circles, as you might imagine, and that is whether or not the uh, Russians can be defeated, quote unquote, quote, defeated. Uh, the defeat of the Russians is important to the Western coalition and alliance because if not, he's really being viewed, uh, Putin, as another Hitler who would really like to dominate all of uh, Europe and create another uh, Russian empire and encroach upon uh, the West uh, nations as much as he could. Uh, thinking would be, you know, nobody to stop him. He'd go all the way uh, through Poland and all as Hitler tried to do before. So I'm not uh, sure whether uh, the will of the West is still um, up to snuff and can deal with it and can put it down. And if not, uh, why are we... Uh, have to uh, examine that a little bit further, but it is a very dangerous time, as you can assume. I am going to get into the story here, where, since we're about two or three minutes into this, um, that um, the first arrest has been made uh, of this um, first hapless soul who um, voted and was led uh, to believe he could vote. And um, I just uh, want to let you know that it's a, 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 an interesting situation because uh, we've looked up. Um, I'm not going to put it on. I'm not going to put it on the uh, uh, Ward's Hot Bulletin Board here. But I'm going to say that uh, we have now uh, a, a person who. Well, let's put it this way: the, the the judge has to receive account of this person's transgressions. And uh, here's here's what here's what you've got when you're dealing with this uh, individual. Uh, you have uh, 19. Um, let me just get this fixed so I can see what I'm doing. Uh, you have 19 felony adjudications. Now, these terms are, are legal terms, 
and an adjudication, you are guilty. Uh, so uh, the term adjudication has to do with whether or not you would be uh, subject to having your um, uh, Jeffrey's going to be on in a minute, so I'm going to continue the story in a second, and I'm not going to get into it right now. I'll get into it at the bottom of the hour after we we um, have a conversation with Jeffrey Mellon, who's one of our great sponsors here in the Mellon Law Studio. So uh, let, me, let me hold this. This is a very interesting story that you're going to hear first here, and uh, we'll try to uh, um, help you understand how this is working and the complications and the denials and the see no evils and the hear no evils and all that kind of business. So uh, uh, let, let me uh, uh, take another story here that uh, is coming our way. Um, we have, of course, um, the athletic world going on here, and these games are, are uh, continuing into the evening now, and apparently the softball world is um, really not up to snuff as it was before, although it's still a good team. Uh, pitching is what it's all about. So a game went last, last night into the wee hours of the morning, and – uh, so to speak, actually, in the early evening. And as my understanding, the Gators lost that. There's also a subject that I want to cover eventually called the Great Reset, which I'm working on with right now. And you can see that I'm filling in some gaps here right now while I'm waiting on this uh, connection to be made. So uh, the Great Reset is um, has to do with uh, the, really what is going on in all avenues of our society, if you will, and that is uh, culture and world and that is uh, resetting capitalism so that it's not unfair. This is the big pitch that's going on. This is the big fad that's going on, is that capitalism is unfair and that, um, you know, the rich have been exploiting poor and therefore the poor need to pay, uh, be paid back by the rich. And this is called the Great Reset. I'll be getting into that story soon. Uh, it's um, somewhat sometimes called stakeholder capitalism against neoliberalism, these kind of terms you hear being thrown around. Uh, you also have one of the stories that I'm working on is not just the Great Reset, but also all these myths about climate change and chicken little in the sky is falling and who really is going to be punished under climate change if it continues the way it's being promoted and who isn't. And it's going to be uh, a situation where uh, uh, COVID works into it, um, the, the, the whole left agenda works into it, the work, woke capitalism uh, language works into it. Meanwhile, the, our governor has uh, passed a, a, a bill really against uh, the exclusive teaching of uh, wokeness in schools. It's kind of sad that the state has to get involved in this because you would think the profession itself would be well-trained enough to be a balanced conversation in classrooms. But I can tell you, uh, even these presidents, of whom I know many of them, they're liberals. Um, they, they, the ones, they, I'm, just, I'm not going to mention by name, but I'm going to just tell you right now, the, the presidents of these colleges, these community colleges, are liberals. And they buy into this stuff uh, about diversity, inclusion, and, and all that stuff, and they buy into it, I guess, to keep from having a revolt from the faculty. I'm not sure why they do it. Uh, it, you would think that there'd be leaders rather than acquiesce, but but um, often they're not. And I'm also curious about why the board of trustees doesn't rein them in somehow, some way. Uh, but generally, the board of trustees doesn't weigh them in, rein them in somehow, some way. So we're working on that story called the Great Reset. We're working on this thing called woke capitalism. We're working on this thing called climate change. And of course, as you know, we've been working right away 
straight away on 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 the um, on the situation we have here locally uh, with um, the, the voter beep investigations, which are proceeding with great interest in the way in which narratives are being spun out of the mouths of people and the way it's being reported, thankfully, very accurately by uh, the young reporters here who have taken it seriously. Even the one I mentioned, there are a couple over at Channel 20, uh, the, the lady named Chase, who incidentally happens to be Todd Chase's daughter, doing an excellent job. Hope I didn't squeal there out of line, but that's who she is. And she's doing a great job. And the other uh, lady who, was young lady who confronted um, 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 supervisor, and you, we, we ran that tape for you. So we've got a situation where um, there's a lot of balance here. Um, this Ukraine battle has sort of brought it out in, in, in front uh, court. And it's, um, it, it's uh, going to be a drama that is gonna have long-term repercussions. Everything from food, to uh, uh, energy, to power alignments, you name it, even it's gonna visit our economy because apparently our president is not going to use our energy base to supplement what we're losing out of the uh, Middle East. Uh, uh, I mean, and Middle East is not willing to really pick up the slack apparently. And of course, all of this. Okay, we'll get into Jeffrey in just a moment. Jeffrey, you on the phone with me, sir? I can hear you, Ward. All right. Well, I'm sorry we didn't get a little curve of communication. We're about 10 minutes into your time here, and I assume that you're on the road, or what are you doing, sir? Oh, I, I'm just going over to uh, Lisbon, Portugal uh, in a few <laughs> days. So That's ready. right. Well, listen, what I wanted to talk with you about today while we talked, I know we talked just a couple of days ago and had a great conversation on your show, by the way, and I tell you, uh, those little gift bags that you give out to those of us who are fortunate enough to be your guests are really quite overwhelming, sir. <laughs> well, Ward, you deserve it. You deserve to be overwhelmed every once in a while. <laughs> well, it's really quite, quite, uh, quite a contribution that you make to your guests, and then you've always been. Here's the theme I wanted to pick up on with you: is of general interest about you. Uh, you and we've, you're curious about how this works and how you select it and how you find them, and that's the uh, Scholar Athlete of the Week. Uh, could you spend a little time explaining the? the beginning of that and how you now have refined it and how you find these people for the people who are listening uh, and viewing the show here who are very interested and, and, and see that all the time. And it's very impressive, Jeffrey. Well, it started back in 1997. Uh, Barry Sides and, uh, uh, had gotten me uh, to advertise on Larry Vitell's sports scene show that used to run 12 Still two every day on the radio, 850. And then uh, we got together and decided we wanted to do something special for the kids. And uh, the idea was we'd have one scholar athlete of the month for a uh, male and one for female. And uh, we did that for a few years and it started uh, really getting traction. So then we expanded it to once every week. And uh, TV20 came to me after about uh, three years or so and said, uh, we'd like to uh, co-promote the program with you on TV20. So we started uh, around 2000 doing it uh, on TV as well. And uh, every Wednesday now at six on the six o'clock segment of the news, we have our uh, Melvin Law TV20 Scholar Athlete of the Week. And then at the end of the 
uh, year, we have a big banquet at the Hilton Hotel, invite all of the winners, their families, the coaches, and we uh, do a scholar, a presentation, number one, to each of the weekly winners with a plaque and a $100 scholarship. And then at the end of the program, we award our Scholar Athlete of the Year, one male, one female, and that uh, they get a $1,000 trophy each, and a $1,000 plus a beautiful glass trophy, and they get a lot of publicity on uh, TV20 for a news cycle. And it's really uh, kind of uh, blown up. And next year, Ward, we're going to be celebrating our 25th anniversary. Well, I think it's really interesting what you've just uh, talked about, because I bet you a lot of people didn't know about the banquet and the way you ultimately select one for the year. And uh, this whole thing of scholar-athlete is uh, so meritorious. I, I think the people that I've watched you select, I want to get into that in a moment, if you can help with that, how that selection process works, um, because that can be uh, an interesting part of all this, I'm sure. Uh, and how it's built up over the years. And I think it's just going to get stronger because we have such a need for these young people to be examples and mentors for others. Uh, how, do you, how do you go about, A, finding them, Jeffrey? And uh, is there a committee involved or is there some sort of uh, structure that uh, routinely kind of combs, if you will, the roles for these people? How, how, can, how does it work? In the early days, I had a law clerk here who would... Uh, try to locate uh, applicants uh, and potential winners. And uh, we did that for a while. And then once I partnered up with TV20, uh, we found that the sports uh, anchor and the assistant anchor at uh, TV20 was best suited to do that because they were covering high school sports and they knew all the coaches. And as it turns out, the coaches they know the uh, athletes that are uh, good students, leaders, and, uh, you know, perform uh, both on the field and in the classroom. Well, but anybody, a, can, yeah. anybody can nominate a scholar athlete, and, they, and they're all considered uh, equally by TV20. And they, uh, we, we encourage people to... Uh, nominate their uh, kids, their grandkids, uh, their friends' kids, whoever. So it's open to everybody. All you have to do is go to the TV20 uh, website, and there's a scholar-athlete button, and you just nominate your uh, favorite scholar-athlete. It has to be a senior in high school. Most most interesting, most fascinating. Well, I, 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 I can uh, once again applaud you for being so involved in the community and uh, in all aspects of the community, Jeffrey Meldon is involved. You know, Jeffrey, in our uh, discussion we had on your show a couple of days ago, uh, something has stuck with me that I think is so interesting. We talked about, of course, Tom Petty, whom we both know or knew, and 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 uh, since we're both around the community so long, and and I, I remember the conversation about Tom's ability with idiomatic expressions and how you hired a copyright lawyer, and the copyright lawyer said, well. I won't back down is belongs to Tom Petty, but won't back down does it? It belongs to everybody. It's really interesting how we had that discussion. Have you now made won't back down your possession? I was wondering about that. Well, no, you, you can't copyright certain idiomatic expressions, you know, um, 
dumb as a box of rocks. That one, I don't <laughs> think I could, uh, you know. <laughs> well, on the other hand, anyhow, it, works, it works very well because anybody, any time anybody says won't back down, it, it rings a bell in the ear of Jeffrey Melvin's <laughs> law offices. And that's that's what you want. <laughs> that's great. Well, you know? yeah. Look, you know, my my thought when we we used to be um, you matter most and we still use that. Um, uh, at certain times, uh, because the, the fact is our clients do matter most and that it's their case. And, uh, we do our best as their, uh, you know, loyal attorneys to get the best result possible. However, each case is individual to that person and they do matter most at Melvin law. Well, you know, the other thing that you've done, and that's in my little package of goodies, I think, and I remember seeing it before, you have a handbook that you distribute to everyone. Everyone should have this, what you should do if you're in an accident, because a lot of people at that moment are so confused and discombobulated from the shock of the uh, incident that they don't think clearly. Uh, you want to comment about how that came about and how you put it together? I'm sure it was just something that evolved over all the experiences you had with people who had those misfortunes. Well, in 2007, I went to a... Uh a legal conference in Virginia. And uh, one of the things they suggested was to uh, write consumer guides for people. So uh, I, I got some examples of consumer guides. So I had some idea of what I was doing and uh, I hired a publisher. And that summer of 2007, 15 years ago, I went over to my uh, beach. I had a condo over in Daytona Beach. I went over there just about every, you know, every uh, Thursday and I'd come back Monday morning and I spent that time writing three books. You know, one, what kind of insurance you need in the state of Florida. Number two, what to do if you've been in an accident. And the third book uh, had to do with how to avoid getting a DUI arrest. Well, that's very interesting. We're may, that's in many ways a best kept secret. How, how may one... Um other than coming in contact with you as a law firm uh, or being a guest on your show and finding one of those books in the bank, perhaps, how can we make that known to the public? Well, uh, it's all you have to do is go to meldenlaw.com, which is our website, and it's uh, available. A P you can download a PDF for free. Just go to meldenlaw.com and uh, look under uh, our, you know, different publications and you'll see our, our books and uh, as well as articles, we got a search bar. If you want to find any topic, we've got a uh, couple thousand pages of articles as well on specific topics. So uh, we try to serve the public by giving them information and then the, uh, the, everybody can make their own individual choice, whether or not they want to uh, give us a call for help. We're talking with Jeffrey Miller on the phone right now, who's an enormous supporter, not only of the Ward Scott Files, which we tremendously appreciate. Mellon Law Studio is where we say we broadcast from uh, the Ward Holden Command Center inside the Mellon Law Studio. But Jeffrey is really a, a, a supportive of so many uh, aspects of our community. I run out of fingers and toes. And uh, from everything from making these PDFs available to you by the, by the website there, uh, to some other things like the uh, student uh, scholar athlete of the week and then eventually of the year. Uh, and now 
this is an interesting story that maybe we can talk about for a moment. It all has to do with your ability to, to know how to market and promote, which is, is extraordinary. But you are the, and I have to say this properly, correct me if I say it wrong, the only official law partner, did I say it correctly, of the University of Florida. Is that, is that right, Jeffrey? Well, you're very close. It's the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. And sometimes, now sometimes, Ward, we say the only official injury uh, law firm partner of the Florida Gators. I got you. Because most of what we do now uh, centers around uh, accidents, injuries, and uh, trying to make sure that everybody uh, is protected in our community in the event of a serious crash. Well, there is a question that's come in. Do you do other legal work as well? I guess that'd be a logical question since you are a law firm. Yeah, the only other work we really focus in on is criminal defense. And uh, that's something that we have a, a separate uh, department on. But we've been doing that uh, for 50 years, uh, you know, helping people when uh, their lives have been turned upside down, either by a serious crash or an arrest. And we, we, we consider ourselves trial lawyers, and it doesn't matter what kind of a situation it is, we try to help, help our clients. I think way back when, I remember you as being a criminal defense attorney and uh, one of the very big players here in the community back then as well. So um, the future of Mellon Law offices, studios, and, and injury partners and all this really seems to be the sky's a limit. Your imagination is always working. Are there other things that you, well, I don't want to let any cat out of the bag, it shouldn't be told yet, but are there other things that interest you that you may um, become, um, you know, involved in and contribute to? It, it's an ongoing process, Ward. We're always interested in doing things that we help the community uh, no matter what, whether it's a nonprofit, if it's an individual enterprise that helps the community, we feel like we have an obligation to give back to the community that supports us. So, uh, you know, whatever. I was just in Dance Alive. We were. Uh, I just uh, going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to hey, mention that. <laughs> I, we ha I don't know if we posted the video of me dancing yet, uh, but uh, the team has promised me that uh, they're going to do a, a Facebook post, I think. Uh, so go to on Facebook, go to Melden Law, and you, you may be able to see Jeffrey dancing. <laughs> oh, that uh, was but, but the, yeah, but the exhilarate, you know, what we also tried to do was bring awareness to uh, uh, the great dancers we have in the community and the you know, everything Kim Tuttle and Dance Alive has done for the Gainesville community for uh, over 50 years. And I know, I think you you were involved in that at one, one point, weren't you? Jeffrey, they wrote me in one year uh, as, a, as, a, as a quote unquote celebrity, you know how that works, and said uh, uh, to, to dance. And um, I, I got hooked. I mean, I was just fascinated. I thought at that time, Jeffrey was the best kept secret in our community that we had all these uh, glamorous, highly talented, internationally known dancers right here in our community who had chosen to come here because they liked it so much that could dance anywhere in the world and had in some cases done exactly that. In fact, in most cases. And I realized that these people needed to be uh, uh, integrated into the community more. And so I set about as much as I could 
uh, finding people like you uh, to support it and to participate in it and to grow it uh, because it's A, it, it is a tremendous community asset and B, it's a lot of fun. And I know you had fun. I saw you dance. Um, uh, you probably went back to your rock and roll roots, if I remember correctly. And, and um, of course. what is there a negative? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so Ward, Ward, I want to, you know, give a shout out to you as well, because, you know, the folks that are uh, listening to uh, this show should know that, you know, in many ways, you and I are very similar. We're, we are involved in uh, the community. We do things. And I would encourage everybody listening to pick one thing and get involved, and that may lead to a second thing. However, the most important message is get involved. It, it's so much fun. Uh, you make a lot of really good friends, and uh, it helps the community uh, grow. And it's something that you and I know very well. And it's not work. It really isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. It's fun. And you meet a lot of new people and people from different uh, walks of life. And it's certainly um, the uh, Dance Alive National Ballet. I've always asked him, Kim, don't you want to call it the International Ballet? Because they really are international people. And they do sometimes travel outside the country. So uh, COVID kind of shut that down for a while. But they certainly have dancers who travel outside the country and, and have done so all their lives. So it's been a joy for me to help get involved with them and to give them a spot on the, a, a monthly for them to talk about Dance Alive, out of which grew their own podcast, which was uh, I advised them to do. I said, listen, you guys can can get out there and talk and interview people and uh, become a part of the, the communication of the community. And they did so. And I hope it worked out very well for them. I think your podcast is most interesting because you bring so many different people in. Uh, it was such a relief. Uh, I mentioned to a couple of people uh, to be on your show to be uh, be interviewed for a change because, uh, you know, being the interviewer, it, it's a, there's a lot of work involved in that. You got to you got to keep it moving. You got to keep your guests in, in, involved and interested. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, you asking me questions and many people have said, having watched the show, they didn't know that about me, you know, uh, uh, that I had done this and done that. And and um, that was the fun thing about your interview of me was being able to uh, get outside how a lot of people may know me right now as, as the talk show host and over into the other things that I've done in my life here in the community. So I really appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you know, Ward, it's always fun when you and I get together for an interview because we've known each other for so long and we've been here for a long time. And uh, it's kind of a blessing. Uh, you know, it's really uh, something that's very uh, important uh, to, you know, be be involved. And uh, when I interview you, it's like I'm sitting around, uh, you know, at the Outback Steakhouse, you know, uh, having a beer, you know, talking to my old buddy Ward Scott. <laughs> well, I think that's the best way to interview. I think the chat like that is really good and fun. And I think we got pretty close to that. We didn't have the beverage, but we had. Well, we had water. <laughs> we had water. So what are you up to? Let's talk a few minutes here. I think you're going to head off in a little bit. But where are you headed? You say you're going for a couple of weeks to take an r and Is that right? Yeah, I'm going to, you know, uh, with the family. We're going over to Lisbon and Rome and uh, uh, Florence and back. Uh, we're only gone for a couple of weeks, but uh, it, it'll be a exciting trip because I'm used to going over you know, to Europe and hanging out, you know, at least once a year. And, uh, 
because of COVID, I haven't done it for whatever, two and a half, three years or whatever it is. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, going over there. Uh, but I'll tell you, tonight is a big deal, Ward. We're having our grand opening of our new Lake City office from four really? to seven. We're going to have uh, a, a, a band there, great food, uh, you know, beverages, and uh, it's going to be a blast. We we opened up our uh, Ocala office last June, and uh, now we opened up our uh, Lake City office a few months ago and wanted to make sure we had it uh, operating at peak efficiency. And now it's time to have the grand opening. The uh, Chamber of Commerce is coming out there. We're doing a ribbon cutting. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if they're going to play Hail to the Chief, but uh, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of music. Boy, you, and how's the Ocala one going? I remember the, the, the fun you had in that. It's great. You know, the, uh, the, the whole deal with the Ocala office is that it's uh, – part of our community in many respects because uh, we're so close to Ocala. If in a big city ward, what's it take 40 minutes to get to Ocala? If, yeah, if yeah. you're in a big city to get from one side of town to another it takes longer than that, you know? So, uh, you know, uh, we're very closely tied in North central Florida to both Lake city and Ocala. And uh, they're both growing cities. However, uh, we're much different than other parts of the state. Each has its own kind of um, demographics, certainly, and uh, uh, but they all have automobiles, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, and they they all need lawyers, and uh, we're there to serve them. The idea of opening local offices is that it gives a connection in the community, and it's not just some uh, somebody who's not involved. You know, for example, in Lake City. Um, three of our paralegals that work there, you know, they live in Lake City. They know the community. They're involved. And uh, the same thing in Ocala. The people in Melden Law are involved in the, you know, myself, my son, Carrie, the uh, Ian Pickens and uh, all the other attorneys. We go to our uh, Lake City office. We go to our uh, office in Ocala. We were here in Gainesville. So, we actually are there to serve people. We have really talented people in uh, in our offices, and uh, that's where our focus is, uh, right here in the heart of Florida. Been talking to Jeffrey Melvin, who is a tremendous supporter of so many aspects of our community, including uh, the Ward Scott Files and the Melvin Law Studio, which we name after him because he's such a, a strong supporter for us, and he's been a supporter. Most notably, perhaps you see the Scholar Athlete of the Week, which becomes a scholar athlete of the year with a big banquet. Jeez, um, I'd love to attend that banquet sometime with you, Jeffrey. <laughs> well, uh, it's great. You know, Ward, I'll tell you, I always love talking with you. Uh, and I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, go on for uh, 45 minutes with you. However, I've got a client who's scheduled a 930 appointment. Exactly. So we, we don't want to, we don't want to leave the clients. No, we had you scheduled up to 930. We had you scheduled up to 930. So you're, Oh, oh yeah. You're absolutely, yeah, you're absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so anyhow, so Ward, you ask what's going on. Okay. Uh, you know, we we're la we've launched our uh, veterans making a difference program. Anybody out there listening that, that wants to, uh, uh, 
acknowledge and reward a veteran, we give away $500 uh, uh, to a, a needy veteran or veterans organization to help them uh, with what they're doing. And uh, that's with uh, CBS Channel 4 in Gainesville. And we're also doing our uh, newsletter. And most importantly, we're supporting the Gators by giving away tickets to all the athletic events. And all you have to do is go to uh, our Facebook page, Melden Law, and you can win um, amazing tickets for any of the Gator athletic. Right now, it's mostly baseball and softball. And uh, so that's what I, uh, you asked what we were doing, and that's what's (laughs) going on here. Well, that's great, Jeffrey. So great to talk to you. So great to be on your show the other day. And we'll be staying in touch, of course. And I hope you have a great time on your vacation. And uh, you help your client coming up in just a minute. We want to get out of the way of that. And talking with Jeffrey Mellon. Have a great day, Jeffrey. We're going to take a break here on the Ward Scott Files for our bottom of the hour. A gratitude to our sponsors and donors. And we'll be right back. And I'll pick up the story I began as we were waiting for Jeffrey to log on at the beginning of the show. And really start again from the beginning of that story and run that through for you in uh, adequate detail. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page, or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, Thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. Uh, Warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help. Welcome back to the Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the Melvin Law Studio and Manly Warthog Command Center inside the Melvin Law Studio. Uh, Just having spoken for a while with Jeffrey Melvin, who is a huge uh, supporter of our show, we really appreciate it. And also very much involved in the community, uh, supports many aspects of this community. Jeffrey and I go way, way back, 50 years or so. And uh, really appreciate uh, the kind of relationships that build when you are in a community and you have this long institutional memory of each other and the, and the community. So as you know, this is a community show, basically. Our community, though, does not live, uh, live in a vacuum. It lives inside 
a, a county, inside a state, inside a nation, inside uh, a world. So there are layers of definition of community for the Ward Scott files. And one of the great things that intrigues me and keeps me working is how all that kind of works like an accordion. You can contract that accordion and all of a sudden you compress down to the local level and you can expand that accordion all the way out to the international level, but there's still the same accordion. You like that little, that's called uh, an analogy. And um, um, an analogy, by the way, in, uh, in, uh, in, term, in, in rhetoric terms is an extended comparison. The metaphor is a succinct comparison. So uh, the metaphor is always just a one line comparison. Um, uh, and, and, and the analogy has, uh, has a longer extended uh, comparison. So if you know all these terms, you can kind of stitch them together perhaps as you speak. Uh, along with proper subject verb conjugation and all that business. But as you know, I'm going to get into now the concept, uh, what we're talking about with uh, our ongoing investigation into a voter beep inside here in Alachua County. And as you know, we have 10 hapless souls who have been charged. And curiously, those uh, institutions in the name of Supervisor Election, Barton and Pichet have uh, not been charged. And apparently, at least the state attorney won't have charged them. We don't know anything about the feds yet because there are federal rules and regulations governing an election when you have a federal candidate on the ballot. So I just want to talk bones briefly with you about the person who has been picked up and already is in the Lachua County Jail on a $30,000 bond. I'm not going to mention his name. It's very easy to find it, though. Uh, in fact, it will be in the mugshots today. And I want to talk a little bit about our mugshots. That's a service to the community. There are about 45,000 hits a month to our website to see those mugshots. It's kind of incredible, isn't it? And it's to our site uh, because right beneath it is my link to Crime Stoppers, and um, which I'm a board. I'm on the board of Crime Stoppers. And at Crime Stoppers, you'll link and you'll see the most wanted, some of the most dangerous people that we're trying to apprehend. And uh, so I do that as a service to the community. Uh, uh, we link over and we have uh, the law office of Maurice T. McDaniel now sponsoring the mugshots. I really want to give a shout out to him. Uh, fantastic supporter of the show. Uh, he's a small town country lawyer he's in High Springs. He has also been a deputy sheriff. So he knows the criminal justice world and the law world inside out from top to bottom, having ridden in the car. Uh, he is also uh, uh, was in the airborne uh, service in the military has jumped out of planes and all that. So he's, he's a real solid friend. And uh, we, we chat quite often. I really appreciate his support uh, for that mugshot list. So if you go to the uh, mugshots today uh, that are posted, you will see this person uh, there. So I won't necessarily say his name now, but if you see it, you'll see that he is on uh, bond and he has uh, been charged with a felony. But when we do the background check on him, and I have now uh, the pre-trial pre investigation summary of that is done uh, before first appearance before a judge that the judge gets and somebody in the, uh, uh, in the world of judicial uh, uh, services goes through and does what I did by hand a minute ago before I came on the show. I had, uh, and I don't know if we'll post this or not, it's, uh, uh, it is what it is, but I had uh, done it myself by hand and it was the uh, a, a rap sheet, if you will. I'll just hold it up for the camera. Um, and you can see 
I think that you're going to be able to see at least it covers. And I don't know how that's coming through. Production can tell me, but it covers both sides of a paper in fine print. And when you go through and take a look at what you have here, uh, is you have a, 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 a person in jail right now uh, for a felony charge for, um, to, for voting without being allowed legally to do it. This person from uh, 729.82, which is, of course, July 29, is when his rap sheet starts, up until now, April 22, that's 40 years, he has 51 arrests, okay? 51 arrests. Now, I'm trying to factor this into my mind, how T.J. Pichet would make assumptions that it's okay for this guy to be registered. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just still, I know it's plausible denial and all that legal jar jargon, but I'm still trying to think, where is the common sense here? Um, so you have 51 arrests. They range from first-degree misdemeanors to third-degree felonies. Um, and uh, taking a look at the uh, compilation by the uh, first appearance pretrial investigation, there were among these uh, uh, 19 felony adjudications, the most recent of which was in 2020. There were 19 misdemeanor adjudications. Now, this adjudication jargon is you're guilty. Uh, but there's some caveats. Therefore, you, 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 you know, it's complicated. You can look it up. You can figure out what it means. But uh, basically, let me see if I can summarize. I'm not a liar, so don't hold me responsible entirely for this. But if you have a guilty adjudication, uh, you're guilty of the crime and the records cannot be sealed. Uh, so adjudication is guilt. It is, it, you know, it's just a term uh, that you get a little bit of a, some sort of a deal but you're still guilty. So we have 19, 19 felony adjud adjudications. Um, there have been, uh, during this time, uh, seven traffic violations, ho-hum. Uh, during this time, there have been four failures to appear, oh, ho-hum. Um, you know, there have been um, all sorts of, um, 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 this is a habitual lifestyle of this poor fellow who, after all, it couldn't have been his fault. It must be the side of the tracks he was born on or whatever. And so the, the result is, nevertheless, he has this kind of record. And the uh, pretrial investigation concluded, after having looked at this record and sent this first appearance order to the H Judicial Circuit uh, Court, um, that the defendant be held without bail or released on standard conditions and the following conditions had indicated. And so the... Uh, uh, the conditions have been what somewhat broken down. Uh, yes, there is a bail, but it's thirty thousand dollars. Now, where's where's this character going to get three thousand dollars? I think it's ten percent of that to get out. It's possible, I guess. Uh, somebody could come along and bond him out. But um, uh, nevertheless, you're looking at a person who has a criminal history that goes back to uh, what is I, I've I've lost track now. When it goes back, I, I just said uh, the number uh, 1982. 1982. Now, I'm, I'm back to the curious element of this whole situation about uh, what is what is the obligation of the supervisor elections, who, of course, has stated publicly, I see no evil, hear no evil, and speak no evil. It's my, my job 
Now, the, the point of it, of it is now that she, the, the way she's been using this, Barton, she's been using it, that, that, that explanation with McGraw. She's been saying, well, Dion McGraw came to us under oath, um, said that she lived where she did. It wasn't our obligation, Barton says, as supervisor to question her. After all, she came to us. She wanted to run. Uh, she got the signatures or put up the money or whatever it takes to get your name on the ballot. And, uh, you know, we don't question her. And uh, furthermore, Barton says about and then she segues over. And I'm reading uh, the uh, uh, printed version of the interview or the, or the comments by Christian Chase uh, about which came out uh, at 2.04 a.m. Uh, first published uh, April 6, 2.04 a.m. Um, that has to do with uh, how Christian uh, how uh, how Christian Chase sees this. Um, uh, the supervisor of elections, Barton, says the situation tells Channel 20 uh, the situation with, with McGraw is unfortunate, but it is ultimately the candidate's responsibility to know the district they live in. Now, let me make a couple of distinctions for you. The candidate is not the same because the candidate comes to the supervisor. The supervisor went not only to people to sign them up, what reason? What reason? What reason? Would they come to you? Why, why? I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. Why such an aggressive? Why such an aggressive behavior on the part of the supervisor election to just sign up everybody who can make a breath on a mirror? Why? 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 Remember the seven hundred thousand dollars of Zuckerbucks involved in this. Remember that this supervisor spent $500,000 of it. And we have a detailed analysis of that. And the question comes up. The supervisor, and you say, well, she didn't. Pichet did. Okay. Who's responsible for Pichet? I'll just ask you that question goes to the jail, goes there, and then wanders around the pods signing people up and signs up this guy. I'm just using this one example because he was out of jail. Don't you understand? The other, there were 10, there are three who are out of jail. This fellow was picked up on the streets, if you will. Imagine the shock. Imagine the shock. Now, he's not a, a newcomer to the jail system, but all of a sudden, you know, the other stuff, I guess he'd say I did. You know, I stole or I, you know, did whatever. I can go through the sheet and tell you exactly what it is. I mean, I can read those off for you. I did those and the judges found it to be so. But here, imagine what he says. I mean, what did I do? All I did was do what I was told I could do. But here's some of the things I, I, I did do. Um, I burglarized a business in uh, 1993. I uh, dealt in stolen property. I did do that. Let's see what else did I do. I sold cocaine. Um, uh, what else did I do? I burglarized a dwelling. Oh, here I did domestic battery. 
Uh, here I trespassed on posted property. That was just a misdemeanor. I didn't know where I was. Um, here I resisted an officer with violence. I did do it. That was a third degree felony, but my guilt was adjudicated. Um, here I had a false identification. Um, here uh, had retail theft. I mean, I, you know, I needed whatever it was, I guess. I, yeah, I did it. You know, I, I, I did it. You know, um, let's see what else here. Uh, did I do petty theft? Um, what else did I do? I, uh, um, yeah, you, you name it. Um, uh, once you're in the eye of the law, it's pretty easy to stay in the line of the law, uh, as this guy has, because you have a sheet, as they say. Um, here's another um, theft of property. Um, um, you know, it, it, it's all over the place. False ID. I did it. I did it. But when I got arrested in the middle of the night the other night, a couple of days ago, by the gendarmes, what did I do to give me yet another felony? I did what the supervisor of elections office said I could do. And if they said to him, well, you got to be sure now whether you can. This guy has got a rap sheet dating back to, don't you think, well, maybe not. Don't you think it would be pretty clear that, yeah, I'm a, not just a one-time felon, a 19-time felon. And so we have the statement from Barton that she doesn't agree with everything in the report. Are you kidding me? doesn't agree with everything in the report. The report said, basically, you run a shabby, shabby business. Let me get the report off my stack of out of the midnight auto yard here, and I'll read that inning to you again. The report says by the FDLE, it wasn't the reporter who said it. I'll read it to you again. This is what the FDLE report concluded. The mass registering of inmates to vote without any inquiry into the person's prior criminal history, proof of identity, satisfaction of prior legal financial obligations, restoration of voting rights, charges they were being held on, their knowledge level and understanding of the state's voting system and requirements, while not specifically required, show a haphazard registration of inmates and could compromise, this is the kicker, the integrity of the Florida voter registration system. No kidding. No kidding. The last paragraph after this one says, by Supervisor Kim Barton's own admission, she had intimate knowledge of the expected job responsibilities of the director of outreach, especially since she held the position for approximately 10 years before being elected supervisor. Now this, this leads to a question. Has this happened before? If you have this attitude now, have you had it for 10 years? And if you've had it for 10 years, have you got any idea whether not just people in jail or people anywhere could, were they citizens? 
I mean, did you ask any of these questions? Are you do you just allow somebody to come up? And then, of course, once that happens, the vote is cast. And you can't take the vote back. And as I said to a bunch of fellows yesterday who were talking to me about this after the Crime Stoppers board meeting, there were five of us in a circle. And I said, do you realize, and think of this now, my friends, do you realize all five of us, six including me, had our votes canceled by these people, T.J. Pichet, registered. So you didn't vote for nothing. Your vote didn't count. And this is something that the cavalier attitude of the supervisor says, oh, well, get along, little doggy. This is just the way it works. You know, this is just the way it works. Well, the Florida Division of Elections is supposed to identify voters who are convicted. So, okay, let me get that straight. So the Florida Division of Elections knows you're coming. Let me get this straight now. The Florida Division, you alert. Let me ask you this, Kim Barton, you directly. I know you watch the show. You, before you send TJ, or even yourself, you say you did this for 10 years. But let's just take TJ. Before you send or allow TJ Bichet to go to the jail, you contact the Florida Division of Elections. Is that right? And you wait, and you know, you know the list of people. And at any given time in the jail, there are about 900 people. Last time I checked, it might be cut it down something, maybe six or 700. So you know, let me get this straight, Kim Barton. Before you go into the jail with T.J. Pichet, you call the Florida Division of Elections or contact, and they, the Florida Division of Elections gives you a printout of the felony rap sheet record of all, let's just round it off and say 500 members of the jail, make it easy, of every one of those 500 people, Okay. And that is delivered to your hands, and you give that to T.J. Pichet. And T.J. Pichet is therefore disallowed by the Florida of elect, uh, Division of Elections from talking to inmate A, because inmate A's name has been provided to you as illegal from the Florida Division of Elections, which you contacted. You know, mama didn't raise no fool, Kim Barton. Mama didn't raise no fool. So what really was the motivation for signing these people up? Is it diversity and equity and inclusion? It is true that eight out of 10 of these guys are black. And they're all going to get hammered. I think the NAACP ought to check in on that. I really think if there's ever a, a time when Evelyn Fox ought to get, get involved, she ought to come down on this hard. You mean to tell me that because you didn't bother to alert the Florida Division of Elections, but she's not smart enough to do it, so I'm kind of telling her how to do it right now. You mean to tell me, Kim Barton? Of course, it's a little trouble here because they're both Democrats and they're both black ladies, so I don't know how far this is going to go. 
You, but, but they should because there are eight black guys that are going to get hammered. And one of them in the jug right now. And the other two they're going to pick up. The other are in the big house already. So let me ask you now. Evelyn Fox should call up Kim Barton and say, you mean to tell me that because you did not contact the Florida Division of Elections to find out who was eligible, wasn't eligible, that you are responsible for eight black folk being charged with felonies? That, that, that's really what happened. That, that, that's really what happened, okay? I mean, that, that's, that's, the, that's the gig. That's what, that's what went down. So I'm looking at if she told, if she, you know, if this accurate in the Channel 20 and what she said. Barton says it's up to the Florida Division of Elections to identify voters who are convicted felons and don't have their rights restored. How would they know? They can't do that every single day, can they? The Florida Division of Elections, I, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to figure out now if I'm the Florida Division of Elections. And it's just one jail. There's 67 jails. This doesn't pass the smell test. You understand? The truth of meter is pegged over on the wrong side right now. Or see no evil, hear no evil. We are required to register anyone who fills out a voter registration application. Really? Well, who monitors the voter rolls? Who, do, who, who does that? She says her office will now work with the clerk of the court to get the list of convicted felons that go to the Department of State. Okay. When? Daily? Daily? Monthly? Or just on the day you go into the jail or restaurant? What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? Because they're gonna register, not just in the jail, they're going to register all over the place. Are you literally telling me you're going to be able to keep up with this? And it's not your responsibility? I've got to tell you, friends, I've been around a long time. Again, I, I, you got to really get up early to pull the wool over my eyes, okay? I don't think you're going to get away with that one. I just don't think you're going to get away with that one. But... A lot of people are wandering around there, scot-free. Have a great day. Tomorrow we're going to try something, by the way. We're going to try calling in Friday. I'm going to keep my app shut. We're going to put up a number. You're going to be able to call me and talk to me about anything you want to talk to. And provided you make sense, you don't run on to hear your head rattle, we'll chat with you. We're going to give it a try tomorrow, see how it works out. But we're all command center out.